0: Big 12 basketball is the best product in the country, and it's not just because of what's going on on the court. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports.com is who we are, where you find us covering the Big 12. It's so great to be here with you. Thanks for joining the show. If it's your first time here, subscribe right below on YouTube. We so appreciate you doing that and um, hitting that thumbs up button as well. I know it sounds ridiculous. But it does help us out tremendously as this show and this channel keeps growing. Same thing on the podcast; you know what to do: hit that five star rating and uh, review. Thank you guys for being here. Of course, our radio affiliates as well. Always great to have you guys on the show. So the Big Twelve has become such an incredible product when it comes to basketball. It's it's really good in football. It's underrated in football, but it has become an outstanding product in basketball. And that's not just because of what you see on the court. Yeah, we know right now there's probably nine or ten teams from the Big 12 going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, That's not going to set the NCAA record, but it's going to be very close. This league is also wildly entertaining off the court. The drama off the court in the Big 12 has been reminiscent of the heyday of Big East basketball. Now, for me, that's going back 15, 20 years. For some of you watching, you might be thinking about the 1980s. You might be thinking about three Final Four teams in 1985 with Villanova and St. John's and Georgetown. And then, of course, you had the epic Villanova-Georgetown game in 85. But I'm thinking more to, you know, I was not alive then, so I'm thinking more to my heyday. And I'm thinking back to 15, 20 years ago, when, by the way, I got a first-hand look at the Big East then. I was at Villanova from 06 to 2010. So a lot of people think I have like this bias when it comes to certain Big 12 teams. I don't, and that's why I love this. I started really ingraining myself in the Big 12 with my first radio job that came in Woodward, Oklahoma at K101 and Z92. And I fell in love with the league I then went to New York for a radio job there. I kept watching the Big 12, and I started Heartland College Sports because I was sick of the media bias against the SEC or for the SEC and the Big 10 and against the Big 12. So I said, let's start this thing. Let the, let's get the ball rolling on this. And uh, here we are almost 10 years later. And you know, now I'm in Kansas City. I'm back in the Big 12 footprint, and life could not be better but I didn't know what this thing would turn into. But when you think I hate your team, I promise you I don't. Like some people think I'm a closet K-State guy or KU guy. Like, yeah, I live in Kansas City, but I, I didn't go there. In fact, my team, Villanova, has gotten beaten on multiple occasions in big games by KU, most recently the Final Four a couple of years ago. So I say that to think back to 15, 20 years ago when if you're a college basketball fan, you're watching the Big East and, men uh, you're looking at, Jim Calhoun at UConn, Jay Wright in Villanova, Bob Huggins in West Virginia when they were in the Big East. You've got John Thompson III in Georgetown. Don't forget Jamie Dixon at Pittsburgh at the time, doing a heck of a job. You've got Jim Bayheim at Syracuse. Mike Bray was at Notre Dame. They were pretty good back then. You had these legendary coaches and this unbelievable basketball conference. That was head and shoulders above the rest and also was wildly dramatic and was incredibly intense night after night. That's what the Big 12 is right now. It's incredibly intense on the court. Last Saturday, you had uh, you know the underdogs dominating, winning five of seven games outright, going six and one against the spread. And then you have great off-court drama. I mean, you've got Kansas State and Iowa State fans at each other's throats over the last couple of weeks over these, you know, cheating allegations through the media. Who said what? Coaches aren't talking about it. Ots is firing back at Tang after a game, you know, following the Kansas State game. That's incredible drama, right? You've got the horns down drama, which I know Texas is leaving, but still for this season, let's talk about it. The horns down drama, you know, UCF, then BYU, and then TCU this past weekend handing out the T shirts. Uh, And then, you know, Big Monday, Sunflower Showdown. You've got Kansas State pulling a big upset against KU in Manhattan. There's allegations of some kind of verbal altercation in the tunnel after the game on Monday night and coaches are being asked about it they're not responding they're not saying much about it like th- we are not just getting an incredible on-court product in this league we are getting a wildly entertaining off-court product it's like college basketball meets the WWE you've got athletic directors getting fined that happened with Mac Rhodes on Tuesday he got hit for the $25,000 fine after he blasted the officials for ejecting Scott Drew on Saturday in that game against Iowa State. Like, all these things I'm looking at, and I'm like, this is amazing. If you are a Big 12 basketball fan or just a college basketball fan, you have got to love where this league is at right now and how incredibly entertaining it is. And you look at, I mean, the coaching level in this league, the the coaches who are going to be in the Hall of Fame, the Scott Drews of the world, obviously, the Bill Selfs, to the Kelvin Samsons, to maybe guys who are, you know, on the up-and-comer list. Heck, Johnny Dawkins has 300 career wins, so we shouldn't overlook that at UCF. Uh, Bob Huggins, of course, unfortunately leaving the conference in disappointing circumstances, but guys who want to be, you know, that next level. The Jamie Dixons, I mean, let's not forget him. I know he hasn't gotten as far in the tournament as he should have gotten based on his career, but Jamie Dixon has had a wildly successful career at TCU and before that, obviously, at Pittsburgh. I remember it well, the Villanova buzzer beater in 2009 by Scotty Reynolds to beat Jamie Dixon in the Elite Eight to go to a Final Four, where they got blown out by UNC. Uh, but heck, you got guys like Porter Moser who have been to a Final Four. Jerome Tang wants to find himself you know, in that conversation, got very close in year one last year. Uh, TJ Otzelberger has had success, right? So, like, there's a list of guys that you look at, and you have characters, you have drama, you have Hall of Famers, you have a great encore product, and you have rivalries that is that are just going to keep building. And when Texas and Oklahoma leave, yeah, you'll lose the drama of horns down in basketball, but let's just call it like it is, you're not going to have. You're not going to lose a lot with those programs in basketball. Now, they've both been in the top 25. OU has had success, obviously, um, on the hardwood. Got to go back to Buddy Heald. But I will say, listen, and I say this as somebody, I say this out of respect. It's not meant to be insulting at all. But someone put on our message boards on Tuesday night that they had a buddy who went to the BYU-Oklahoma game. And they flew in Oklahoma City. They went down to Norman, went to the game. And they were shocked that, you know, the top half of the arena was more or less empty despite OU having, you know, a really good season ranked in the top 25. And they asked on our big 12 message boards, which are free, by the way, you can go subscribe right now. They said, is this how it normally is a Norman? And I wrote back and I said, yeah, I mean, heck, I remember the buddy heel days. And I mean, yes, it was different, but still most OU fans cared more about the backup linebacker in spring practice than they did that Buddy Heald team. And I'm not saying that to be insulting. It's just a fact. That fan base and that university, the university cares, but that fan base, for the most part, it's not a basketball fan base, no matter how good the basketball program is. Lloyd Noble Center is not a place that's going to be sold out, and you can see that on TV. It's pretty obvious. So OU leaves, and Texas leaves, and you know they've had some good things going on the hardwood here and there going back to you know Rick Barnes and recent memory and through Chris Beard and Rodney Terry took over and that whole thing. But outside of Horns Down, that's also a, a fan base that cares much more about its football than it does its basketball. So for the Big 12, you have fan bases that, yes, love football, but also love their hoops in a way that SEC and Big Ten programs don't. So the balance in the Big 12 between the passion and the love for football and the passion and the love for basketball, in many of these programs, more or less equal. I would say it's equal for Baylor. I would say it's equal for Cincinnati. I'd say it's equal for Iowa State. I'd say it's equal for Kansas State. I'd say it's equal for Texas Tech. And then I'll throw West Virginia in there as well. Houston's a bigger basketball school than it is a football school, but the rest, I would say, are football first, basketball second. And once again, that's just me spitballing it here. If you feel differently, of course, you can comment. But you have these fan bases that are so into hoops. Because right now, you have the Big East Basketball Conference, which is great, but it's only basketball schools. And I say this as a guy who obviously has his alma mater in the Big East. The Big East is fun. It's good. All right, great. Creighton's in. Xavier's in. But it's not what it was, A, you know. It's not what it was when you go back to the days I talked about earlier with West Virginia and 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 Pitt and Syracuse and Notre Dame. You know, losing some of those schools to the ACC really hurt Big East basketball and hurt the brand. It's just not the same as it was. The Big Twelve can capture that, and I know Brett Yormark wants to. I know he's really into the idea of of. Diving headfirst into basketball. Don't give up anything on the football side, but diving headfirst into basketball. And the more I watch this, the more off-court drama we get in this league, frankly, the better it's going to be for the Big 12. The more you have coaches and fans and everybody sniping at each other, that's how you get eyeballs. There is such um, I mean, everybody is thirsty for attention. And I'm not saying you make things up, I'm not saying you fabricate things, but you can't. Brett Yormar could not have written some of these storylines that we've gotten here over the last few weeks. Whether it's the UCF horns down, whether it is Ots and Tang, whether it's the allegations of KU and K-State altercations between the staff and the tunnel, this stuff writes itself. And, man, if you're a Big 12 fan, these these are fun times. And this year may be the most fun we've ever had because it's just chaotic. There's drama. There are personalities. And all in all, that's very good for this conference going forward. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. If you're just hopping on, hit the thumbs up button there on uh, YouTube if you're joining us on the show that way. If you are uh, on the podcast, do me a solid and leave that five-star rating and uh, review. We appreciate you guys being here as always and joining us on the show. Those things help us tremendously, more than you realize. So thank you, thank you, thank you. a few things I want to dive into here. Um, I was looking at this. So on the football side, we all know, and you guys are aware that when Colorado comes to your school, Deion Sanders doesn't play, right? Just so we're all in the same. Like Dion just stands on the sidelines in a hoodie or a faux cowboy hat, and like maybe calls some plays. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. And here's why I bring this up at heartlandcollegesports.com. Because on our message boards, which once again are free, go sign up at heartlandcollegesports.com. Click on the members forum tab. I I happen to pull up the UCF schedule. And uh, there were some UCF fans going back and forth on the message boards. And I said, all right, let me just pull up the UCF schedule for a second. And if you go to the ESPN website and you look at the football schedules, there's a link next to the schedule that tells you the ticket prices for each of those games through the secondary market at this point in time. And I'm looking at the UCF schedule and it says here when they host Colorado in late September, the lowest ticket price, the cheapest ticket price for UCF hosting Colorado is $250. I love that UCF fans are fired up for the upcoming season, but that makes zero sense to me. Does that make any sense? Am I missing something as to why UCF fans would be trying to get, or potentially paying 250 bucks for the worst seat in the house against a Colorado team. That's coming off a one win pac 12 season to see Dion standing on the sidelines. I, I, I'm not upset with it. I'm just trying to figure it out. That's all. Because I can't. So I, then I'm like, okay, let me see if this is kind of a trend. So I looked at Colorado's schedule. And Colorado is going to be one of the hottest tickets in all the Big 12, if not all, of college football. When they go on the road, the ticket prices skyrocket. UCF, cheapest ticket, 250 At Arizona, cheapest ticket, 120 at Texas Tech cheapest ticket 130 at KU cheapest ticket 130 and their home games are wild as well it's just crazy and then I'm like okay let me look at some of the other teams Oklahoma State who's going to be in contention for a Big 12 title they've got tickets for the West Virginia game right now in October beautiful time of year in Stillwater seven uh, can be a little hot but really nice time of year it's not the sweltering September weather 71 bucks to see Oklahoma State, West Virginia, get in price. And that could be a game in early October that actually has some implications for the Big 12 title race. 71 bucks in Stillwater. At the end of the season, Oklahoma State hosts Texas Tech November 23rd, Saturday before Thanksgiving. Tickets get in as low as 80 bucks. That could have Big 12 implications. Think about that. The next week, Oklahoma State is at Colorado to wrap up the season. So that Texas Tech game is their final home game as well. And you can get in for 80 bucks, and that may have Big 12 implications between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. It's just crazy. And then I was like, okay, let me look at Kansas State. Let's look at their schedule. Another team that could be in Big 12 contention or is expected to be in Big 12 contention. You can get in to Kansas State versus Oklahoma State a game that is late September, but very much will play a role in the Big 12 race for $91. Now it's not cheap, but you know, it's a pretty good deal. 91 bucks. Arizona State and Cincinnati at the end of the season under a hundred bucks. But Colorado prices are to the moon. I mean, that I, I I don't get it. I just don't get it. The Dion thing I'm rooting for because to tie it all back. The Big 12 from earlier tonight, Dion brings drama. Dion brings eyeballs in a world where people are competing nonstop. Shows like this, everything else are competing for eyeballs every second that you are on this device, every second that you've turned on your TV. We're all competing for the eyeballs. Dion's good for business. I want it to work. But dude just went four and eight. Like, and it's all TCU's fault, by the way. We overrated TCU. Colorado goes in there and gets a win, and we all freak out. And then they beat a very mediocre Nebraska team. We all freak out. And then they have to scrape by against Colorado State, and we all freak out. And then they come crashing back down to earth. But they got like seven college game days in a row out of it, so good for them. Uh, great branding. Dion's awesome. I want Brett Yormark and Deion Sanders like literally working on something together. I want that. But I also needed them to win. Because if Dion's looking at another four and eight season, and I think the over under is four and a half wins, and I'd put them right around that number. If you're looking at another four and eight season, the shine's going to wear off. Why you would pay a premium, or why you would spend your Saturday afternoon with all the action on television watching a guy just because he's Deion Sanders roam the sidelines? I don't get it. I've never picked a game to watch because of a head coach, unless it was like Coach K finally retiring from Duke and I could throw some things at my television for fun. Like that that's the only reason you'd watch a game because of a head coach. He's retiring. He's hanging him up. He's moving on. Anybody else, you're not going to bother. But Dion is different. And I hope it sticks. I hope the ratings are still there for Colorado. I hope they're good. But I have major questions when I look at this thing and I said to myself, you know what? There's a lot That still has to be figured out with this whole deal. So we'll be following that. We'll be watching that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Thank you guys for being here and uh, joining us on the show. So (laughs) looking at some of your comments, um, some of you going back to Saturday. Pete Scott Drew getting ejected was wild. Yeah. And you know what? Good for Mac Rhodes getting the $25,000 fine, the AD for Baylor. I'm, I'm glad he did that. Uh, I'm glad he spoke up. The officiating is stunk. If Brett Yormark does want to have the premier college basketball conference in America, you got to get some better officiating. You can't have, you know, these podunk guys who remind me of some of the refs that I would watch when I was calling, you know, Class B high school basketball in the Texas panhandle and uh, that's not to knock them. I love those guys, but I'm just saying the the quality of officiating is, is, you know, not good right now. So Brett, Yormark's got to get on that. And, uh, that's got to improve. And you know what, if it takes Mac Rhodes, calling him out, not calling your mark out, but calling the officials out and getting hit with a $25,000 fine. Good for him. Putting his money where his mouth is. I can respect that for damn sure. So uh, we're watching it all closely. In the meantime, I do want to say rest in peace to Toby Keith, an Oklahoma legend, of course, dying at 62 years old on Monday night. He'd been battling stomach cancer for the last couple of years. Diehard Oklahoma Sooners fan, all-around great guy. Um, Never met him personally, but everyone I talked to today, people who have known him for 20 years in the country radio business, Nothing but good things to say and a very easy guy to like. And I know some of you are going to say, oh, he was, you know, Mr. Mr. Polit. He was not political. Toby Keith loved two things. He loved America and he loved the troops. That ain't political. If you think that's political, then you're being political. Toby Keith cared about the troops, regardless of what he thought of any war And he cared and loved this country. And we should all be loving and caring and respecting those two things, the country and our troops. We can differ on, you know, policies and all those different things. But if we can all wrap ourselves around loving those two things, then we've got much bigger issues. And I'm afraid to say, I think we might right now, but that's a story for another day. That's not a story for this show, but rest in peace, Toby Keith. Um, You know, obviously an Oklahoma legend, Clinton, Oklahoma guy. Uh, If you didn't know this about Toby Keith, went to Villanova for a couple of years, went to study uh, petroleum engineering and then uh, left after a couple of years, but ultimately got an honorary degree from Villanova. So I guess Toby and I have the same alma mater technically, which (laughs) still cracks me up, but love the guy's music, Uh, not just some of the hits, but some of the deep cuts. And, um, he will be fondly remembered and should be fondly remembered in the music industry. So, uh, I don't have a drink on me tonight. I will pour one after this to Toby Keith, great American, great Patriot, loved this country. And I did see there were plenty of red solo cups by folks, um, sitting courtside at the Oklahoma BYU game on Tuesday night. So love all you guys. Uh, we appreciate you being here on the show. If you're new, subscribe. We greatly appreciate you doing that. Hit the thumbs up right now if you're watching live before you leave or if you're just watching after the fact. And um, if you're on the podcast, leave us a five-star rating, would you please? It takes you two seconds, literally. All those things I ask take two seconds. And it really does help this show grow. We've been at this for 10 years, grinding away. We have exploded the last couple of years. And it's not because of marketing or billboards. It's because of you. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and hop on those message boards. They're free at Heartland College Sports. You can interact with us all day, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. Take care. Go Big 12. And uh, go to heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. See you later.